Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with writer guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. And Happy New Year to all my listeners here on Growing the Game with Ballsy. Hope you've had a happy and safe holiday season. I'm looking forward, as you are, I'm sure, to another great year of three-down football in the province at all levels. I sure hope people check in with reality and not lose their minds over the latest variant of COVID that amounts to a cold, according to many experts and those that I know who have gotten it. Sadly, I think we're living in a world where people are scared of dying and they forgot how to live. I just want to say, wake up, people. You can make more money. You can make more friends. Nobody can make more time. We're wasting time here. And especially if this continues to prove to be a mild variant, I don't get why everybody's losing their mind. Anyway, I want to thank two of my sponsors who've gotten on board once again. Face First Medical Aesthetics in Regina above Gabos on Dudney. It's a place they call Beauty Avenue. If you want to beat back father time in a naturally looking way, go see Crescinda. In just over a year, she's become the best in the business. And ask her about the skin booster treatment. She's got a fancy gun and she can uh, do it upright for you in an efficient manner and it just really makes your skin pop. By pop, I mean shine. And my buddy John Ryan, Regina Football Royalty, he's on board once again with his podcast. What a great community guy, a Super Bowl champ, a CFL all-star with an all-world leg, a funny and attractive comedian slash actress wife and Sarah Colonna. But it doesn't matter how big he is, the dude always gives back to the Queen City. Of course, last year, a $200,000 scholarship for the Regina Rams. He supports RMF with the Gear Up with John Ryan Foundation. And of course, as you know, or maybe you don't, he's big into baseball. He owns some baseball teams. And with that in mind, I'm hearing from my sources, he's going to be the featured guest at the Regina Red Sox dinner in April, so make sure you get your tickets for that. Now, we have a list of sponsors who are joining us again next month. If you'd like to join, too, and help grow the great game of football, DM me on Facebook or other social media, Growing the Game with Ballsy on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter as well, or you can email me, mball at harvardmedia.com. My first guest of 2022 in Growing the Game with Ballsy is Mike Thomas with Football Saskatchewan. He's the man behind the very successful Regina NFL Youth Flag Football League. Let's talk to him about that success. All right, Mike, you're 16, man, and uh, by all accounts, uh, just as successful, if not more successful than uh, than some in recent memory. Yeah, you know, this has uh, been a, a great revelation after what we've been going through with COVID and everything to see the community be able to want to come back and play again has been awesome to see and we're excited to be able to get started when obviously the weather gets nicer in uh, in May. Yeah, it probably feels like a decade ago you guys played. Yeah, well, you know, it, it really has been, um, you know, a lot of different things that have come about with uh, late starts and uncertainty in the spring and then uh, trying to jam things in. And it was really chaotic, uh, but we, we made it work. And then even the fall program was, was really good. But, you know, the spring has really been our baby from the beginning. And we're just excited to be able to hopefully start 
like we're supposed to and get back to some normalcy a little bit uh, as much as we can. But the opening beginnings here of the registration has been an indication that uh, people look like they want to come back. Yeah, what's tracking for numbers so far? Uh, well, as we're speaking right now, we're just at about 2,600, um, which is pretty good. Uh, that would put us in probably our top three, four seasons. Uh, and where we're thinking it may project out to is probably just over 27 and change. So uh, definitely back on track compared to uh, just, just under 2,400, I think, last year. Okay, so lots of uh, players. Uh, what about coaches? How are you for coaches? Well, you know, I think with any community program it's always one of those things that every group is always looking for coaches and as we stand right now it looks to be somewhat okay but we haven't gotten down to the full team allocations yet which then you know you start to see some pockets where you need to get filled so we're always looking and we always be glad to be having anyone be involved and it's it's always great because you don't have to be a football guru um you know the way that it's set up and the the information resources that we provide allows for anyone to be able to do it mom dad and uncle, brother, sister, aunt, cousin, um, neighbor, uh, as, as, you know, people have stepped in, has, has been great. So uh, if there's any ever anyone that is looking or wanting to give back to the community or, or to help out in any fashion, we'd be more than happy to help. We've talked about it too. It's kids who actually played that come back and help coach or kids that don't have, you know, former Rams, former Thunder guys that don't actually have a, a skin in the game per se as in a son or daughter. They're just there to help out. Yeah, you know, and that's been such a um, a blessing of ours over the last little bit of, you know, the help from the Rams and the Thunder and the Riot have been awesome, and there's no disrespect or anything missing there. But what's been great is when, like you just said, when you have somebody who has no skin in the game, they have no kids involved, but they just want to give back or just the love of sport, uh, that's the, the true awesomeness that we really love and, and be able to look back and just appreciate the community that have embraced and endorsed our organization and want to give back um, not just once not just twice but usually annually and, and for many many years which has been good Mike Thomas as uh, as I've talked about many times in this podcast three ways to grow this game uh, indigenous women or girls and uh, new Canadians or first Canadians as we like to say uh, have you have you noticed any type of growth in those areas and is that something you guys look at yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's actually, you know, one of the pillars um, that we have in terms of our own growth models. Um, you know, the female side of things um, are Indigenous or inner city community as well as new Canadians. And for us, we're actually doing a partnership um, with the Mother Teresa Middle School this year to assist with growing the game and getting kids involved with their school, um, which is huge for us. Um, you know, we still have our partnership that we work with girls in the game, uh, which allows us to be able to foster an environment for girls to participate in flag um, in their own, with their own um, groups and teams and and, uh, divisions and such. Uh, And with New Canadians, we actually partnered with um, Football Saskatchewan as well as with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and doing some work with the Regina Open Door Society, which we look to continue uh, again this spring. So, you know, definitely, you know, we've done a lot. There's still more to be done. Um, you know, we've done some work with the uh, Calisys uh, band division in regards to assisting any uh, children that would like to play uh, to to get involved with us, and as well as with even the Dream Brokers that we have at the various 
community schools in the city and we've worked with them as well so you know it's been something that you know we want to continue to do offer opportunity uh, because you know the thing is for many players or many individuals kids um, sometimes they just don't know about it and so if we can at least provide an opportunity and avenue to be a part of the league or do a learn to play in a school or, or in a, a community center then that's all for the better and whether that translates into people playing that's awesome but at the end of the day it's more about providing the chance for them to learn the sport grasp the knowledge and understanding and then if they would like to progress to play that there's a platform and a place for them to do it so you started in year one i think with like 75 kids you just mentioned the numbers creeping up on 2700 now i know why you think it's a great program but Have you heard from parents? Why do they like flag football? Yeah, you know, obviously um, I've got a bias in it because, you know, football's done a lot for me. Um, It's done a lot for uh, my family and and just, you know, in general, um, you know, the friends that I have in my circle as well. Um, You know, the great thing that I've really enjoyed listening to are the parents' comments about how it's fostering from a community standpoint that they can have kids come together to play at parks, um, to be mm-hmm. playing outside, to, to become friends with kids, potentially may not just from their own school, but, you know, from their own area. Um, and they they enjoy the, the time that they're able to get, the tutelage that the kids get, the excitement that they have, um, and knowing that, you know, how their schedule's set up, they really enjoy that and stuff. But really, at the end of the day, what they really like is you know the value that they receive knowing that you know they pay their you know fee for their child to play and what they all get as well as the experience that they have and then opportunities that it spins off because there's some kids that play for many years and then all of a sudden they want to ref so then they get to come and be an official and get paid to do that which is kind of like their quote-unquote first job per se a little bit of responsibility which is awesome or some turn to want to assist or help a mom or a dad to be an assistant coach and then maybe coach themselves. I had a, a coach, um, uh, Corey Sherman, who has his two kids in our program and, and his daughter always wanted to help him and so she did and, and then this last year, this past fall, she said, I want to have my own team. So, you know, nice. there, was a, there was a young girl who um, you know, it took took a team and ran the practices herself. You know, dad was kind of on the own looking just to make sure everything was okay um, but, you know, took the responsibility and, and ran with it and, and that's just one of many that is, has happened over the years, kids who have played continued on and then come back. And so the parents really appreciate that and know that it's it's part of the community and, and seeing the organizations that are connected with us as uh, sponsors or partners um, really brings a lot of validity to what we're doing community-wise. And then the parents really appreciate that as well. Mike, thanks for this. I appreciate it and continued success, not only the football Saskatchewan level, but here with the uh, Regina Youth NFL Flag Football League. Thanks, man. Hey, much appreciated, Ballsy. Appreciate for you having me on here, and thank you so much. Stay warm, my man. Yeah, you too. Now, Planters Peanuts is an international company, so as far as I know, this is open to Canadian residents as well. Are you looking for a fun new job? Well, Planters is searching for three people to drive Mr. Peanut around in that 26-foot-long Nutmobile. You ever wonder what goes on in the mind of the guy in the costume? (laughs) Don't wonder anymore, because I've got the answer. I'm I'm nearly nearly suffocating suffocating this ridiculous ridiculous costume. costume. What What has my my life become? I'm I'm just just a shell of my my former self. self. Well, I I hope these kids they hired as Nutmobile Nutmobile Rogers good. 
I can't, I can't afford, afford to get rear-ended by the wiener mobile. Finally, I get a job because of my extremely skinny legs. My, my biggest fear with this job dressed as a giant idiot is being assaulted. You know why, I'd, I'd love, love to share that joke with people. But they, they won't allow me to speak. Regina boy Evan Johnson re-signed with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on a two-year deal. The local product is hoping to play in a home gray cup. Johnson also has some advice for young football players. That must feel pretty nice to start the new year off with a new deal. Oh, you betcha. Another two years in Ryderville is uh, exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, and that is good. I love to see guys like you, Keenan LaFrance, uh, Micah Tite signing two-year deals. It's it's good to have that familiarity. You know, we know in pro sports, just because you sign for two doesn't mean you're going to stay around for two. Could be the team's decision. I'm not suggesting that's going to happen to you. But it, what I'm getting at is it's nice to have familiarity amongst the fans for the players. I would agree. Yep, I think so. One thing I've noticed, it's like we see a lot of Aldag jerseys, a lot of like Getzlaff, those those older names. It's sure going to be nice to maybe see, so just besides your family, some Evan Johnsons on jerseys now because fans can go out and say, okay, now I can invest in putting a, a, a name tag on the back of the jersey. And speaking of that, how does it feel when you see somebody walking around with an Evan Johnson jersey, a rider Evan Johnson jersey? Oh, man, I mean, it's, it's such a cool experience. Uh, the whole time I've been wanting to come back and play for the riders. And so being able to play last year was just, you know, amazing and being ha- able to have that, uh, hometown support and the support from the greatest fans, the riders there. It's, uh, it's been really sweet. Are you an emotional guy? Uh, I'm not a high emotion guy. No, I wouldn't say so. Did you have any emotions? What were your emotions? I guess, uh, playing for the first time or first couple times on mosaic turf as a member of the rough riders. Well, I tell you what, that that first home game that we had after a year off due to COVID there, just super exciting. I I don't think, I mean, being more of a low-emotion guy, even me, I was getting super excited, super emotional, just happy to be back, being able to strap it on again, and to do it all at home, too. Uh, It was just super special. We were all looking forward to it. It was a shame that I got uh, pushed back and delayed in 2020 and then pushed back again in 2021, so... When the opportunity finally came along for us to be able to get on the field, play at home against BC, it was just exciting for everyone. I'm not asking to go into your contract, but does a guy like you who values playing at home, like I've heard this expression, money should be in the car, but it should be in the back seat, meaning your decision shouldn't all be based on money. Now I know as a Canadian professional football player, you're not in the NFL, so you got to look at the money because you have a short shelf life, but do you take a hometown discount because it's it's kind of what you want to do, play in Saskatchewan? Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough decision when it comes down to it. Uh, naturally, I want to be here because my family's here. I grew up here. I've got a lot of pride in the province and a lot of pride in the team. Um, obviously, cash matters uh, to a lot of different guys around the league, including myself. So um, as long as the deal's right, you know, there's no problems staying home or, you know, if the deal's not right, you got to look elsewhere too. So mm-hmm. um, every, everything does come into the deal for sure. 
Fortunately, the uh, deal was right, and you're back in Ryder Colors. And how cool would it be to play on home turf for the Grey Cup? That's a long way away, and it doesn't mean just because you're hosting the Grey Cup you get to play in it like Hamilton did. But the last time the Riders hosted, of course, 2013, very memorable. Do you remember that Grey Cup? Obviously, you weren't part of the team, but do you remember that? I absolutely do, yeah. I was able to watch it on TV. I wasn't able to go to the game at all. But, um, yeah, anytime the Riders are in the Grey Cup, you know I was watching. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, Evan Johnson, critique your season for me. What do you think you did well? Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things that went well on the offensive line. Uh, we we started gelling, you know, partway through the year. And, I mean, we, we figured it out during training camp, but training camp was short this year too. So no preseason games to kind of uh, get used to each other at all. So, and with an offensive line, you know, it takes a little bit of time to gel with guys that you haven't played with before, too, and make sure that you guys are all seeing the same things. So uh, throughout the year, we got uh, more consistent with each other. We knew how each other played, our tendencies, all that sort of deal. So, uh, yeah, we were able to put it all together towards the end there and make a couple of really competitive games down the stretch. You know, I uh, I think a, people, a lot of people overlook that, that that offensive line, you have to have chemistry. That is the, you know, receivers and quarterbacks have chemistry, but you guys have to work in unison, head on a swivel, communication. And I don't think people really realize that. So that's a good point. Yeah, it's, it's a complicated position that takes a lot of, you know, a, a lot of skill and a lot of communication and knowing, you know, in depth, the guy beside you too, so... I thought the three interior guys did get uh, did improve uh, vastly as the season went on. Clarky, yourself, and Logan Furlan. Just talk about your relationship with those other two guys. Oh man, we we got along really well, you know, on the field and off the field as well. Uh, Clark, you know, everyone knows what he's bringing to the table. He's physical. He's a leader. You know, he has all the attributes that uh, have made him great and made him a long stay with the Riders. Mm-hmm. And Furlan being a rookie. Man, he played awesome. He started all games this year. Uh, he got the team award for the most uh, snaps played on the team. And, yeah, I can't say enough th- good things about him. He had a hell of a season for a first-year rookie and uh, coming out of the junior program to boot, too. Yeah. So what is one thing that Evan Johnson needs to work on to take his game to the next level and help solidify that offensive line in a run to the 2022 Grey Cup? Oh, it's it's the same thing every year. Make sure that you're coming back strong. Make sure you're healthy, and make sure you're coming back hungry, ready to work. Did it take you a while to? You talk about chemistry, but did it take you a while to knock off the ring rust? You know, I I thought the league suffered not only because it was out of sight, out of mind, but I thought the on-field product would be better. And that's no disrespect to you guys, but let's be honest. There's a difference working in your own garage or out in the park yourself or working with a trainer or working in a team atmosphere with team drills. Did you find that, Evan? I I think there's no doubt that, you know, a year away from football and with the various restrictions imposed across the different countries, uh, it's, uh, it impacted guys in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, sometimes you're used to being able to go in your gym and having that trainer be able to, you know, walk you through everything, critique all your form. And gyms were closed in a lot of different places. So guys kind of had to figure it out on their own or come up with, you know, at-home workouts to get her done. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe purchase equipment that they didn't have. So uh, it affected a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. I think everyone being professional athletes found a way to get prepared. But, uh, you know, that's... That doesn't negate the impact necessarily. So 
with regards to uh, engineering, does does being a writer help you in your off-field job? Th- does that give you any, like, you know, I guess what I'm getting at is, is it how beneficial is it to be a Saskatchewan boy sticking around in Saskatchewan being a rough rider but for your off-field work? Um, I, I think that there's a benefit to it. There's a benefit to, you know, being a CFL player that's willing to, you know, put in work in the off-season to be a engineer, so... You're able to make different connections with clients as well. Um, we work with a lot of smaller communities and a lot of First Nations communities. And, you know, sometimes the the celebrities or the big athletes don't make their don't get to make their way out there. Mm-hmm. So being able to work, you know, one on one, hands on, not necessarily as a professional football player, but as an engineer who, you know, also plays professional football, uh, I think is a really cool aspect and beneficial to, you know, myself and uh, the, the clients and the company that I work for as well. Cody took a lot of heat this year. He didn't have the year he had in 2019. There are a lot of factors, a lot of changes on the offensive line. That would be one of them. Uh, his uh, best receiver, Shaq Evans, was injured for a good chunk of the year. So there are variables, but Cody would admit he didn't have his best year. But I'm going to ask you this, the guy who protects him, why is he the right man for the job to to lead the Rough Riders in 2022, in your opinion? Well, I mean, the the proof is in the pudding, as they say. We were able to win nine games this year on a shortened year. Um, a lot of them were close. Came, came down to the wire. Uh, we beat Calgary at home in the playoffs in uh, double overtime. Um, I mean, w- we had a lot of close games. that he found ways to win. He's got incredible set of legs on him. He's able to, you know, move and evade uh, the rush. And, I mean, he's a good guy in the locker room, too. We, we've got a lot of respect for him, and uh, he's, he's willing to take some hits, too, to get the ball off or to make a first down. And, you know, he's, he's a great guy. He's willing to put his body on the line in order to make, uh, make a play and get things done. Okay, man, lastly, uh, I like to do this podcast to, uh, to help inspire the next Evan Johnsons, the next Logan Furlins, the amateur athletes. Do you have any tips for young linemen or just young football players in general could be a female football player could be a first nations football player could be a new canadian i think those are three areas we can grow this game but do you have any um any suggestions or tips or pieces of advice i mean first thing is if you're not playing the sport and you want to just go for it uh there's a place on the field for you uh no matter who you are what you do uh football's a very inclusive game we want we want as many different people out on the field as possible to share our love and our passion with. And if you are playing football, just uh, you know the biggest thing is come in with an open mind, want to learn, have that hunger to learn. And as long as you're learning, you have the chance to get better. Listen to your coaches; they want the best for you. And whatever you choose to do, whatever you choose to practice, just go for it. If if you miss a block in practice or if you make a mistake. At least you're trying a new thing or to develop a new skill. Just go all out on it. One of Saskatchewan's finest, and we're happy sticking around here for another couple of years to help the Riders secure a Grey Cup victory in 2022 at least. That is Evan Johnson of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Happy New Year, bud. Congrats on the new contract, and uh, go engineer something. (laughs) Thank you very much. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me on. Time now for 24-second shot clock sports. I've got to read the sports before the buzzer goes off. Hit the timer. Baker Mayfield took to Twitter to deny a story by a reporter who claims there's a major rift between Baker and Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski. So basically, Baker's saying the story is like his throws. 
totally inaccurate. Antonio Brown says his mid-game meltdown was prompted by an ankle injury. Then he got a paper cut and shot seven people. And some Jags fans plan on dressing as clowns for the team's final home game on Sunday. That's crazy. I mean, that the Jags have fans. Well, as you know, Ryder Nation is full of passionate fans. And right at the top of the list is our next guest, Regina's Nelson Hakowicz, who's a technical wizard when it comes to reworking, for instance, a Madden video game into a CFL prototype just for fun. Well, he just created his own versions of CFL unis, and they turned out awesome, as you'll see at my Growing the Game with Ballsy Facebook page. All right, pleased to be joined by super Ryder fan, Nelson Hackowitz. He comes by it honestly. His dad has a thing called the Ryder Room. How big's that room, Nelson? That room is a 10 by 10 room in my parents' house. <laughs> Man, and it's got, it is filled with Ryder memorabilia. What's your favorite piece of Ryder memorabilia in Lance's room down there? Oh, man. My favorite piece? Uh, there's a piece of bread that McGavin's Bread Company baked in 1951 to commemorate the Riders going to the Great Cup. That is unbelievable. What's your first memory of the Rough Riders? Um, probably the 1997 Great Cup is my first real memory. Uh, real memory. Uh, my dad tells me, you know, stories from '95 and wanting to take me to the Great Cup in '95 because I had taken. Uh, a hold of football then, but my real m- first memory is, is watching Reggie Slack in the in the '97 Great Cup. Yeah, Slack and Farthing going up against Masadi and uh, Mitchell, and yeah. of course Doug Flutie, and they had no chance. They got smoked on that yep. cold, frozen tundra of then Commonwealth Stadium. I think it's Brick Field now at Commonwealth Stadium. Okay, Nelson, I got right. you on the phone, buddy, because. You're a guy that's approaching 30 of a deep love of football. You're right in the wheelhouse of the people we want. Uh, kind of that lost generation, but you're not lost thanks to your dad. Uh, and your mom, too, right? She's a big Ryder fan. Yeah, she comes by it because we come by it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're being honest. Now, I saw your stuff on 3 Down Nation. You, for, I guess, a pet project, just for fun, you revamped all the CFL jerseys including creating one for the Atlantic Schooners if they ever come into existence. Uh, how did you come up with the, this idea? Uh, it's, you know, something I do almost every year now to, to fill the gap between the Grey Cup and, and the start of the real offseason in February is just look at, you know, a team's history, what they wore um, leading up to this year and including elements that they use this year and, and see what my creative brain can do with it you can see the uh the the work at my uh facebook page growing the game with ballsy i like the rider one how'd you come up with that idea so there was a a prototype release uh when they were changing their name from the regina rough riders to the saskatchewan rough riders of this kind of cream and gold colored or wheat colored uh sweater that that did say regina rough riders on it obviously you know when they changed to green and white, they became the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But um, that's where I get this wheat color from. Uh, the two stripes are from the the 70s, uh, early 80s era of the the current retro jersey they use now. And then the, the wheat sheath comes out of their current logo and, and something they used in their signature series jersey. 
Okay, let's talk about the Schooners one, a team that doesn't exist. How'd you come up with that one? That's a nice one, too. I like them all, actually, uh, but I like the Schooners one. <laughs> uh, the Schooners one is, is kind of a play on on the Navy college jersey um, and then using the, the, the Royal Canadian Navy's motto um, and, and their current existing color scheme. A lot of people say the CFL has too much black and, and the Schooners should almost go with the Miami Dolphins kind of look for their color scheme. But, um, you know, working with what you got, they, the logos they released are, are heavily black and, and gold. So that's, uh, that's how we come up with that. Is there another one you like out of the bunch? I really like the Montreal one, personally. Um, a couple, before the pandemic, they actually had a, a contest that I'm the finalist in to design their third jersey. And, and they were looking for this third jersey. And I took elements from their Delta era, um, those jerseys, and I applied their their golden area or, you know, when Anthony Calvillo was beating the Riders in every great cup we went to um, and, and merged it with their current color scheme. Um, so that jersey for me incorporates, you know, Montreal as a city and, and the whole motto there is defend the island or defend the island of Montreal. And... Also, it takes every piece of their jersey and incorporates every logo uh, that they've ever used as well. Talk about the Elks one. They just came out with a jersey not that long ago. I don't mind uh, I don't mind the Elks and that, or the Elk, as some people like to argue. I just think the uh, antler should be bigger on the helmet, but just talk about your revamped Elks look here. I think, so, this year they used... Um, the helmet that I designed there, they used that in a late season game against Saskatchewan. Oh wow! And and their new their new logo is built and, and looks so clean to go one color on on a flat background like that. So it's it looks really crisp to have the full elk on there and and maybe use the the antler elements on the jersey as as jersey striping or pants striping. You know, I was going to ask you that. Have teams uh, seen your work? Have they been in contact with you? Uh, no teams haven't. I've had uh, a couple players reach out. Uh, a lot of former players reach out. Randy Chevrier uh, was a big proponent in, in getting this thing kicked off early by sharing my Calgary Sam Peters stuff uh, and going back and sharing all the stuff going forward. Um, I've had members of the Tie Catch cheer team reach out to me and, and want me to design some cheer uniforms. So, so there's been lots of good response from the community as a whole. How long does it take you to to put together a, a jersey combo like that? Do you get it to to how you want it to to be? It's uh, it's sort of like writing a song. It can either take days uh, or months, or you just have an idea and, and it all happens in, in 10-20 minutes. Um, the, the rider one happened in, in 10 minutes. I saw uh, a photo of the sweater online and I went, that's, that's going to be the next Jersey concept that I do for this team where a team like the Elks, I, I added around a whole bunch of different ideas and that one probably took me three days. Yeah. So I, I often wonder though, when you do something like this, do you piss the teams off? Cause the CFL is kind of stuck in the mud in a lot of things. I love the league, don't get me wrong, but they're not exactly progressive. Do they get mad at you, or or like you said, you haven't heard from anybody? Haven't heard from anybody. Um, this 
league kind of operates in a way where as long as you're not doing anything too intrusive, um, you can kind of get away with mm-hmm. with doing some self-promotion. And they'll, they'll take it. It's free promotion on, on their part, um, you know. I've also modded Madden for for many years, and and no one from the CFL because I'm I'm not profiting off of it uh, has That's come right. and tried to step on my toes doing that either. So Nelson, uh, lastly, uh, how do we get um, more people like you, twenty nine ish, thirty and younger, to get turned on to this league? In your opinion, a guy that follows this league and has passion passion enough to do something like this, but how do we get people like you? Maybe not to the degree you are, but to want to wanna tune into this thing and, and pay attention to it? Because I think we're at a really interesting time in our history. I think I think we're at a tipping point. Um, and, and knock Randy Ambrosio all you want. Uh, he has a great vision for this league. Um, you know, he when you hear him speak, you want to run through a brick wall for him and you believe that this league is moving in the right direction. Um a big proponent of that is going to be gambling and just engaging people in in a nothing game in a in, in you know a, a nothing game to to at least get them to watch on TV. Um, you know, right now financially, a video game isn't the answer, but down the road that could help. I think the league's partnership with Genius Sports and engaging sports books in the United States and engaging better television presentation. Um, in partnership with TSN is going to be a huge component. And, and the biggest one of all is going to be player consistency. Um, if you look at the NFL, Aaron Rodgers has been a Packer his whole life. Tom Brady was a Patriot for the majority of his career. And, and when he moved teams, it made news, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the ability to be able to buy a jersey and wear it for – more than a season is super important to to building a fan base. Who is your favorite rider then and now? Who? That's a good one. Uh, then, in in my age bracket, growing up, Kenton Keith was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2013, I did a lot of graphic design work with Corey Sheets, and and through that, he became a, a fan favorite. Uh, and now I'd have to go with AC Leonard. Interesting. And it, it's hard to identify. It, it, it's funny you kind of paused there, but I think it speaks to what you were alluding to. It's hard to kind of identify with guys because they're always moving. It's nice to have AC Leonard, uh, you know, kicking around. So, uh, and, and Evan Johnson, who we just heard from earlier in the podcast, local guy signing a two-year deal. When I see some of these guys signing a two-year deal now, mind you, it's just a deal on paper. Things could change, but it's nice to see guys inking two-year contracts. And I think, you know, the two-year contract thing comes from Saskatchewan is a football destination. So this is a place where players want to be and where players want to end their careers. Well, this guy's uh, one of the passionate fans in Rider Nation, Nelson Hackowicz. We'll talk to his dad in a in a further installment uh, down the line as uh, we'll talk about that Rider room and that bread from the 1950s. But you can check this guy's workout at my uh, Facebook page, Growing the Game with Ballsy. Thanks for this, Nelson. Um, thanks, Ballsy.
Thanks for checking out the podcast. Be sure to share it with all those you know. And remember to like my Growing the Game with Ballsy Facebook page and Instagram page. And I just want to let you know this will be my last podcast till February as I'm taking some time off just to recharge the batteries and take care of some personal stuff. But, of course, we're going to rock and roll with this three-down game of football in Saskatchewan when I get back in February. Take care. Stay warm.